welcome to episode 163 of Brutal Battle. Uh, I'm not by myself. I, I have Josh here still, uh, and I have Mike here still. Mike. Not by choice. I just stuck around. <laughs> right no, it's totally by choice. Um, I want you to be here now because you brought the beers for this episode, yeah. and uh, I'm excited. I, we don't know what two of them are. We teased it on the last one. The, the two mystery beers were provided by Mike, and then we also have a warm-up beer. So, um, gonna do beer googles. Let's. Uh, should we do beer googles first, or should we? Yeah, let's do beer googles first. Okay, this way you don't do, forget. You about gotta it, do yeah. what you've that's, been doing. Yes, exactly. That's a good idea. So I don't forget because God, sometimes people have to keep me on track. Is all I got to say. And I'm glad you guys are here to do that. Um, if I can remember how to use my phone. Uh, all right. So here I'm gonna put in how come beer. And then we're on the letter G at this point. So what I have is, how come beer gives you diarrhea? And how come every time I drink beer, I get a headache? Okay, so we've covered the diarrhea thing before in past episodes. Uh, so on this one, I think we have to go with, how come every time I drink beer, Can I, I get a get quick a synopsis on diarrhea? <laughs> well, and if your beer's giving you a headache, you're either A, drinking way too much of it, or B, you're drinking really cheap beer. If you need an in-service on diarrhea, go eat at Pat's Pizzeria, <laughs> and you will get that in-service really fast. So, uh, the first thing that comes up is, is this website called Enkyville, uh, com, and it says, every time I drink beer, I get a headache. Uh, so I'm not going to read this whole thing. It's a, well, no, it's not too long. So, uh, this person lays out, experiencing headaches after drinking too much of alcohol is a common issue, but many people complain about feeling pain in the head every time they start drinking. If you drink regularly, you may already know how to deal with hangovers. You may not, however, be able to explain the headaches you experience only when you start drinking, especially if you don't experience cluster headaches or migraines while you're not drinking. We're going to learn some other stuff here. Uh, many people say, every time I drink, I get a headache. This issue keeps them from enjoying with friends when they go out to parties. Uh, you may start ex noticing severe headaches after a couple of beers, and that's when you're not feeling drunk at all. Uh, there can be a number of reasons of why you notice headache uh, when drinking alcohol, and you need to know about them to find a treatment option. Uh, and then there's uh, information on how alcohol reacts, saying, you may be one of those persons who say, I cannot drink alcohol, it gives me a headache. To correct your condition, it is important to understand a few things first. You need to know that alcohol is a vasodilator, which means drinking a few pegs, uh, this person must be British, uh, will make your blood vessels expand. That's mainly the reason why your face becomes red when you drink, which I think mine actually kind of is right now. Uh, the same process happens to your blood vessels in the brain as they dilate when you have a migraine headache. It means that if you're already a migraine sufferer, drinking, drinking will worsen your condition. Boom. And then there's some stuff about tannins on here, about sugar, about histamines, other substances, blah, 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 blah. So go to EnkyVillage.com or just put in the how come uh, beer G and you can find it. Anyway, so I've seen, I, I see Josh and Mike making faces at each other because they're smelling the warm-up beer. Uh, faces look good, too. So, Mike, do you want to break down for us what we have in front of us? Uh, today, I'm talking with Carl and I figured, you know what? Cellared vintage beer might be a good idea because I've been mostly recently cleaning out my cellar. Well, so today for our warm-up beer, we are drinking a Sierra Nevada Bigfoot that was brewed and bottled in 1998. 
So this is a how old beer? 18 years? As of the winter of this year, yeah, because usually Sierra Nevada gets put out in the winter time. So if we were a little bit further, it'd be about 17 and a half, 17 and three quarters of, of years worth age. So us personally, we were probably like, what, 16, 15 years old? Yeah, I didn't even graduate high school yet at that point. That's 17 for me. Hey, I think actually 98, I just... No, yeah, I just entered high school in 98. That was my freshman year in high school. I'll be 32 in... Uh, I was in high school. Yeah, so... I'll be 32 in November, somewhere around there. 16, 17. So, one of the quintessential American barley wines is what this is. And it's yeah. 18 years old. And one of the first ones. At this point, it looks... There's a little bit of a reddish tinge, but very brown, obviously. It's kind of cloudy. You know, There's fair minimal bubbles. I'm actually surprised oh, to yeah. see any bubbles at all at this point. Yeah, me too. Especially because caps, you know, okay. air can get under there. Especially after 18 years, or during 18 years. I would definitely like to point out, I can smell that sherry uh, smell. Yeah, it is kind of like oxidization, cooking yeah. sherry type yeah. nose to it. Almost like a fortified wine. Yeah. yeah. Yep. It does smell kind of tannic like a red wine as well. Yeah, it got that. It's venuous. Yeah, brown sugar, a lot of brown sugar on the nose, which I do get with barley wines plenty of time. And of course the hops are dead at this point. Yeah. Which Definitely. allows everything to shine. Honey to go along with that brown sugar as well. A lot of sweet, a lot of sweet. A uh, little bit of a an alcohol burn in my nose, but it's just so, so slight. What is the ABV on this, by the way? Uh, like 9.6, I think. Okay. Ha! 9.6, called it. Uh, good job. Huh. I'd say it kind of tastes close to like a sherry type deal. Like cooking, cooking well, spirits. What I wanted mm-hmm. to say is, what I typically find in aged dark beers, yeah. you get an extreme sherry flavor, right? Yeah, and I agree with that. What it that. typically tastes like is like drinking chocolate through a Twizzler. For me personally, that's my personal experience, right? Now, Are you this, talking from the aspect of like the sugar? I'm just talking about the overall ultimate flavor that getting I getting like hints if, of if the I fruit. Can, if I can compare something to something like an experience, which typically you know, you sh- this is typically how you should get like a flavor or a smell mm-hmm. is what you can remember experience. And a good experience for me is eating Twizzlers, and this is very mildly close to that. I wouldn't say it's as extreme as drinking a chocolate beer. Right. But it's very, it's it's in that direction. I do think it tastes kind of sherry-ish. Um, I think it has um, a little bit of like an alfalfa note on it. Yeah. Uh, it's got a tad bit of that brown sugar that I was saying I was getting in the nose. And the on the finish, it's got like this chalky mouthfeel. That's kind of like if you've ever chewed on like really high percentage uh, pure cocoa, pure ch- uh, dark chocolate. Like it's real chalky and like dry. It's it's that same kind of you know residual. Do I see feeling. yeast particles in there? There's stuff floating. Yeah, mm-hmm. I got some floaters. There's definitely stuff floating. It's interesting. Uh, it's actually. That alfalfa with the sweetness is actually almost tasting a little flowery as well. It's making me think a little bit, for some reason, about two episodes ago, that hibiscus beer. I can kind of see uh, that. Due to seal. A little hibiscus-y. Interesting. That's the first time I've cited hibiscus. 
<laughs> Maybe it's because it's fresh on my mind, but... Yeah, I definitely get that sherry flavor. Yeah, super, super sherry-esque. Uh, and I think part of that is because it's so drying at the end. Sherry is, like, super drying. Um, you know, I, I would go so far as to say 18 years on a Bigfoot is probably not my favorite spot no, for it. But it's interesting to say it. I love the fact that I'm going to be able to tell people, guess what I just had? An 18-year-old Sierra Nevada Bigfoot. And it wasn't terrible. It was, well, no, it was pretty I mean, tasty. It's, it's well, what I would say but... is that if you had a one-year-old or five-month-old Bigfoot, it is so strong that you really couldn't share a meal with this, usually. You can do some gorgonzola cheese, some blue cheese. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you can do things like that. Like, like Actually, God, stuff. you're making me hungry. I'd you like know. some funky cheese with but, this. Yeah, nice. but what I would say with this, I can actually enjoy a steak with this. You I know, can see this, that This well. isn't so potent where it's going to be overbearing on a steak. You know what I mean? And right. I really can share a steak with this. So even with that, you're right. This probably passes prime. But let's be optimistic. Even with that, this at this point in its age, I can definitely eat a wonderful meal with this and make it better. I would I would also say that now that I've just been sitting here in the and you know it's just been my tongue's been you know I haven't been taking extra sips. It's just been kind of sitting there. What's left on my tongue is coming off a tad bit tobacco-y, which is interesting. Um, yeah, cigar tobacco. It's kind of what it's reminding me of. Which that I thought of that because of when you were talking about steak, because yeah. I feel like steak and cigars. Yeah, a lot of times ago. Well, so I took well like a other. London broil and marinated it in a brown ale, a really strong mm. brown ale, yeah, or an old ale, and, and then I grilled it and got it really nice and roasty. I think it would go so perfect with this. It would definitely match intensities. Some caramelized onions on it. Oh my god, dude! Now we're talking Please. big money. I love caramelized onions. Grocery store's right down the street. Oh Go get me some meat and cook it up. Jesus, talking money. This would be great. It's a little late for cooking. Jesus, it's well, not that's... late for cooking. Yeah. You get hungry in the, in the wee hours of the night. <laughs> well, when I was in college, I would do it, but it was Totino's pizza rolls. So. <laughs> that was the extent. Um, Thank you, Mike. My pleasure. This is cool. Uh, it's yeah, thank you very much. It's hitting me already, too. I was going a little fast on that. Um, I've actually shared two of these with Mike now. Yeah. Uh, the, the last one, though, was just a hair bit older. That clocked into 21 years. Yeah, that was a 95 bottle. Yeah. So how did you, you know, transitioning to our topic, how did you end up with beers aged like this? <laughs> Over a mat, like this Bigfoot specifically, they were given to me... Eight years ago, give or take a few, maybe. So there was already a lot of work. Correct. Yeah, somebody was like, hey, I had this in my basement. I kind of just did it as like a vertical flight of beers. That just I didn't really have intention to drink them, but I just thought it was a cool idea. Would you be interested in them? I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? So then he gave them to me, and I tucked them away in my little cellar, and then I completely forgot about them. One day I started digging through them, and I'm like, ah, well, I should really probably start pulling these, because I don't know how a 21-year-old beer is going to last, but hey, we'll give it a try anyway. Why not? How, well, how was it? Delicious. It was completely flat. Yeah. But uh, yeah. It, it tasted like a fine red wine, kind of like this one does, but this one has just a little bit more of that carbonation to it. You know, the, uh, the ad, you said it's a little past its prime. I've read somewhere, and I think it was... Uh, Garrett Oliver's book, maybe wrong, Brooklyn Brewery. but I think they said that back in the day in Britain, they would actually brew these beers when their firstborn son was 
when the first son was born, and like Odell's and uh, Marley okay. Wines, yeah, yeah. and they wouldn't actually pop the bottle until their son was like 18, 19 years old, and share that beer with them. So that so kind this of is stuff pretty was, close. It was common practice. It was common practice. Well, I mean, that's you know what, I mean? what I was doing this entire time, guys. <laughs> you don't have any children. I just though. forgot that I never wanted kids. <laughs> but I mean, what I'm saying is that this intent originally that was the intention of the people who you yeah. know, created this. That's beer. interesting. You know, that's they cool. actually drink this with time. They're made to age. Yeah. They're beers that are actually made to drink. You know, so not on that day. So are you? Are you aging anything else at this point? Oh, well, there's always a bunch of stuff in my basement hidden and tucked away to the side. Stouts, porters. Maybe I got a couple, like, dogfish 120s down there. But it all varies. So is the majority of it intentional, or is this a situation where you're just kind of, like, putting it somewhere, you forget it's there, and then you find it later, and then you're like, well, now it's just at a point where it's gone too far. I might as well just 99% of what I have in my cellar was intentional aging. Now, there is a large group of beer in that cellar that my girlfriend put there that should not have been aged at all and has been sitting down there entirely too long. But I leave that over in her section. I'm talking about Natty Bow. No, no, I'm talking talking about like Nugget Nectars and IPAs down. They're two, three plus years old in the base. And I've told them, like, seriously, throw them out. Throw them out. And she just leaves them there, just sitting there collecting dust. But hey. I'm a taster. Not my beer. Give them a taster. See what it tastes like. Yeah, I, I've actually thought about that myself. Bad experience. Bad experience. But I mean, you, your palate grows. But then I also thought about like bringing one in, convincing this sucker Josh to try it without realizing what he's doing, just so I can get a general ballpark <laughs> of how bad it's. I won't drink be. it. Oh, I know you'll drink anything. <laughs> I will drink it. So I'm in the other side of this. Uh, I unintentionally age a lot of stuff. Um, it is a situation where I know I've talked about it on the podcast before. I've got a little too much in my cellar, and things get stacked behind things. And then I'll start going through at some point trying to find something to put in the fridge. I'll come across it, and I'll be like, "Oh, I forgot about this. It has a few years on it." But then at that point, I'm like, "Do I keep this going? Uh, is there? Well, now it's like a special occasion beer. Like, do you guys view oh. aged beers as special occasion beers? And do oh, you yes. get? And do you get into this issue then of?" Well, now i got to find the right time, and then when is the right time? And then it just keeps going. And not just it's with the right time, but it's also, am I with the right people? Because you generally don't want to pop a vintage beer and just consume it with yourself. You've aged that beer so long, you want to share your work with other people. It can be a marvelous night, Yeah, so it's like one of those (laughs) things where it's like, all right, got to wait for the right time. i got to wait for the right people, because I'm not going to crack these beer open for somebody that's drinking Natty natty Lights and Lights all all day long. They don't deserve this beer. Somebody that truly appreciates beer, like you two gentlemen, deserve this style beer. So by accident... I ran into a 150th anniversary triple. Wow. And I don't know what it was. I just didn't really pay attention to the bottle, and I didn't know what it was. But the beer was actually, I think it was like four or five years old. And I was just sitting in the house with the wife in the bed, and I popped it open. And I said, this does not taste like no Chimay triple. This just does not taste like the regular stuff. It is so phenomenal. Something's different. So I started reading the bottle. It said 150th anniversary released in 2012. And we just popped it on a Wednesday night, which was a mistake. You know, I, I wish I would have known. I would have shared it. In retrospect. It, you know, I would have done so much different things. But, I mean, it was just so beautiful. It was like drinking, uh, you know, fruit punch 
Belgian fruit punch. But uh, definitely I agree, like, you have a beer like that, you definitely want to drink it at the right time. You know, so now I have, uh, I think I have like four Chimay uh, quads that are, you know, 150th anniversary as well. And I won't be popping them just for any reason at all. <laughs> right. So just knowing the right time, it sounds to me, from what you guys are saying, is you think it's when you're just with the right people. People, Who you yeah. know can appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, well, the problem I run run into in my house is that um, the right people for me is probably usually Rebecca, my wife, anyway. Yeah, same and thing with we're me, always yeah. here, so yeah. it's kind of like, she's actually started to pressure me into like, you know, you can't just keep holding these and being like, there's going to be this special time, there's going to be a special time, because when is that? Like, I don't know. I can't recognize the special time. That's the issue, so... Maybe you might have a special going. meal, too. Who knows? True. You never know. Like when I cook more than, you know, something that's just easy in 20 minutes to yeah, cook. You know? never know. <laughs> but, yeah. um, so you do some aging at the store, you guys. We right? got a little little section there that we got stashed, stashed behind the yeah. anything, uh, anything to tease? Anything real nice at the moment? 2011 Worldwide Style? I think we got okay. that. 30th Anniversary Sierra Nevadas? Yeah. Oh. We got some old, old Sierra Nevada narwhals, too, now that I think about yeah. it, too. Wait, how old on those narwhals? 2012? Maybe? Oh, I think so. I Wait, should notice because the they were still they're, they're, they're the original twelve ounce bottles. Okay. Or no, or they so the, it's yeah the original twelve ounce bottles, not the big seven fifty. Okay, that released okay. so it's straight up. It's not the bourbon barrel. Correct. No. Okay. No. Still, could be pretty good. And what I want to say there, I think they're properly stored as well. Storage has a lot to do with your aged beer. Well, mm-hmm. you don't want them sitting someplace where it can get really hot. Like what or like like what is about the optimal temp. You know? They call it cellar temperature, I want to say about 55 degrees okay. is ideal. Well, I'm busting that in my house. But well, I mean, but you're you not know. too far off because you are you got your cellar in an unfinished section of your basement. Sure, it's a small it's closet cool. area, but you're down in the ground, so you have that going for you. It never gets too, too hot. Sure, it's probably not an optimal cellar right. temperature, but you know what? It's good enough and it works. Have you ever pulled a beer out of there and it been bad? No, not when it's been my fault. And I want to say heat's more the enemy than, you know, oh, yeah, cold. Yeah. You know, you don't want it to be refrigerated, you know, but also, you know, like I said, heat's definitely going to be more the enemy. 90 degrees is going to be worse than 30 degrees. Well, and I was going to say, I got the most important thing covered. It's behind a door. Mm-hmm. So no sunlight. We're good on that aspect. Yeah, you because definitely that's don't really want to stunk up. your beer. Yeah. Well, well I think we also, we have, we have found, too, that uh, what we have done with our aging program is any cork beer we have laid them down just oh, like just you know, like so wine you want to keep yeah, that quick moist so it any, doesn't dry yeah, out you don't want any rotted corks so it takes to change the flavor of the beer so the idea is if you keep it wet it won't rot well it, and it, is the that cor- the issue or is it if it dries it, out it'll correct if, it, if the cork dries out then you got a lot more air pockets okay, for it to it. slip in where then if you flip to the side there's always moisture touching the right, cork so, so it can't it can't dry out so you won't get those I never thought about also, that. Also, I want to say, and I'm sorry for this, guys. So, you know, big word, trichloroanisol. No, nope. uh, don't know. It's when a you have dinosaur, uh, <laughs> <laughs> definitely a dinosaur. <laughs> trichloroanisol is uh, problems with uh, leaked chemicals from the actual cork. Okay. And sometimes that is out of your hands. 
Being right. at Wine World, anybody who is a sommelier or deals with wine will be able to tell you about trichloroanisole. You know, it, it definitely can damage your beer as well, and it's something that you want to look out for as well. You know, but like laying your beer down and storing it properly will help you. I feel like there's so much stuff that could go wrong with beer, especially when you age it. Because the other thing is, like, with caps. Like, caps, they're on there pretty well, but over, like, with this with this Bigfoot, like, over 18 years... You know, how how can you tell me that, that air's not going to seep in there? Oxidization yeah. happens. I mean, it oxid- it does oxidize. But that is actually the point of art of aging that beer. Right. You want to oxidize. Well, certain beer. beers. That's well, good. this beer. You know, and the darker it is, oxidization is good for it. Now, lighter beers, uh, you know, uh, golden color beers, when they become oxidized, they get more of a honey-like flavor, more of a wax-like flavor, and it can become to a point where it's unbearable. You know, so, you know, uh, some triples or, you know, even, like, that's why you don't age a Pilsner. Like, you're going to get a oh, nasty, yeah. waxy, oxidized flavor. I don't want to drink a fresh Pilsner, let alone <laughs> age Pilsner. <laughs> I love Pilsners, man. They're definitely good beer. Mike just likes high ABV and IPAs. Well, that's oh, the whole... A lot of hops. That's the yeah, other uh, spectrum of beer is the yeah. freshness. You know, you yeah. want to drink a really yeah. fresh Pilsner, and that's awesome, you know. You maybe get a Pilsner, and you know, we're here in America too, so, you know, when you get a Pilsner from the Czech, it has gone on a journey. By the time it yeah. got to you, dude, you're like, this is sucks. Imagine drinking a Pilsner straight from Pilsner or Quell, straight out the tap in Czech. It's probably a whole different experience. When I was in Trinidad last year, you would see me with a Carib light in my hand when I wasn't playing with the fireworks. <laughs> and you know what? That Carib light tasted damn tasty. It was damn uh-huh. tasty. Now, I drove by the brewery every day on the way to the fireworks site, but still, that that, that was a good tasting beer. That hey. like, I, yeah, no, I, you never see me with a Carib light in my hand. Yeah. Carib. You yeah, did. Carib yeah, is a good beer. Carib is a really good beer. I like that Especially when you're drinking it fresh. Yes, it's totally different. You know, and that's the other perspective of beer. You know, mm-hmm. you got beers that you can age, and you got beers that you should never even get yeah, nowhere near doing definitely. that. IPAs. With no. the exception of beers like 120, right, Evil right. Twins, Malt Me and you, we, we have I, arguments on this yeah, as well. Uh, that's a we true do. statement. We I like my on 120 this. aged, he likes his fresh, but tomato, uh, tomato, fresh. we're all different. And my whole argument with that, too, is that, you know, the backbone of 120 is what? The hops. Right. Which are what? Degradable. Yes. You, the and the whole point of a hoppy beer is to drink it fresh. And it is boozy. But man up and drink that. <laughs> man up and drink it. It is a very boozy beer. But, so, you know, drink a couple before that. Kill your palate. In defense of Mike and myself, because that's how I like it, putting age on something like a 120, it, it, helps. it turns it into something totally different. It's not recognizable at all yeah. as what it was, yeah. but it comes off as something totally different, and it's... It's beautiful in its own right, you know? Well, you know, and then again, if you take some very citrusy tacos. Okay. And then you pair it you with aged tacos. Let's <laughs> age our tacos. I don't think it's going to be the same. But you get some aged tacos or some steak tacos, you know, some nice sirloin, and you put it in some tacos, a little bit of spice, and then you got yourself a nice snifter of 120. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you what. It's going to do its thing. I promise you it's going to do its thing. I could try that out. Yeah, I could de- try It's definitely going to do its thing. You know, it's going to absorb a lot of that, you know, hoppiness, a lot of that alcohol, you know. But the alcohol is going to do is actually cut through the fattiness of the steak. You know, you're, you're going to find some, uh, 
we're going to find some tools. <laughs> the, steak's, <laughs> the, the beer's going to become a tool. You know what I mean? And the carbonation's going to scrub all that fat. Hmm. Really good thing. Something to think about. Yeah, something to try. And then tell, and then call me out on it. Like, dude, <laughs> I still like it aged. <laughs> so, I'm excited to get to the mystery beers, but did you guys have anything else that you wanted to make sure we throw out about beer aging and all? Not too much that I can think of. Just, you know, keep it dark. Keep it... Keep, keep no light. Make sure you have a good, good, strong beer to age. Don't just throw any willy-nilly beer back there. I just say, you know, if you want to get real geeky with it, you know, buy two. Oh yeah, yeah. Try it, it fresh down, and then age one. Write it down. Do you know? Put an observation on your beer. This is what mm-hmm. I felt. Blase. Blah. Keep the journal. Come check it out ten years later. Yeah. Compare them. You know what I mean? It, it's it's well, a learning experience. I think that goes to what I was going to say, which is just figure out. Your sweet, your personal sweet spots for certain beers. Like for me, like um, Worldwide Stout, I've had a few different ages on Worldwide Stout. I figured out for me, four years. Love it at four. I don't want to go much past that. Um, don't want it much before that either. Yeah. Four years is my sweet spot. So just, I mean, if you can afford to do verticals like that, I mean, or or if you can afford to just get a bunch in the same year, and then just let them go certain amounts of years and try one each year. And that's a horizontal, That'd be great. Right? Uh, is it? So, well, vertical is when you're going to have the... Year after each year. Different year, year after year. year. Yeah, yeah. And then a horizontal would be the same style of beer, but not the same company. I don't even God know. damn it. I've never heard, heard of a horizontal. So you have horizontals and you yeah, have... I, I've heard of verticals. Verticals left and right. I haven't even heard of the horizontal. Yeah, definitely, definitely have horizontals. I'm sorry that I'm not giving the best explanation on it, but that's fine. Uh, I want to start with these mystery beers. Yeah, cool. Uh, so there's something special about these mysteries, mystery beers, and what is that, Mike? They are both aged from my cellar, so I know what they are, and you can clearly tell looking at them that they're two different beers. So I right. know exactly which one's which. So you won't be hearing me talk too much about, oh, I think it might be this. Oh, I think it might be this. Because I pretty much know exactly what they are. It's not really blind for me, but it is for these two schmucks. You can still be involved in rating. Oh, of course. But do the best you can to kind of strip away what you know about who it is and how old it, you know, all that jazz. So, uh, we'll start with A. A looks pretty dark. Looks like Porter Stout type dealio. Um, Tan head to it around the edges. So, that's all you need to know about that coloration. Smell. What is There's a very particular It smells really woody It smells like cedar wood On the nose It smells kind of cedary On the nose Does anyone else get that? There's definitely chocolate aspect A little wood cedar Really odd Um Maybe a little bit of like a sunflower seed husk. What is... There's one other thing in there. I'm really trying to pick it out. I'm definitely getting a decent amount of a uh, dyed down hops. I'm thinking this so I feel like it's aged that much. It's been hoppy at some point. It's not like. super old. So I'm not really getting that... Super sherry smell. 
And well, they keep prob- looking at me like I'm going to give them in- answers or hints <laughs> to what they're saying. It's like, no, i got to keep my mouth shut, guys. Well, I mean, if you want to say something about certain things you smell that won't necessarily give it away, that's fine. But you don't have I to. I just got that hickory wood smell that you're kind of talking about. I mean, he was talking cedar, cedar. You're talking hickory. We got two yeah, totally different kinds of wood over You know, I'm just going to say I smell pine just to be different. <laughs> Which I, it, I really don't, but I just But then again, I mean, we all, it's all different for everybody. You uh, know what I mean? It's not like, oh, it's exactly hickory and it's absolute. <laughs> I mean, I almost get like a very slight, like, peanut butter, like, protein, protein type nose on it. It's kind of weird. Like, peanut butter oil, but super faint. Weird. Definitely got a peanut butter flavor. Really? <laughs> I don't know if you just stuck that in my brain, but yeah. It's possible. Ooh. Peanut butter-ish. This kind of tastes to me, like I was saying, in the nose, at one point I was saying I was getting some like significantly died down hops. It tastes like this was a hoppy stout at some point to me. Like a, maybe like a Storm King type deal. Typically dead hops taste like cheese. Mm. It's called isovaleric acid. I don't get a cheesiness. Yeah, that's but typically what dead hops taste like. It's a little flowery. Like, there's a little bit of, like, a flower aspect in there. It smells like feet, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's All things. I, yeah, I would love my feet to smell like this. It's usually, it, like, dead hops is usually what they use at, at Lambeaks and Sours. This is really... The ABV... Is really hitting me. Like I, I get those alcohol vapors going through my mouth and through my nose. Um, not at, at the first sip, but it takes like a, a few seconds, and then it just like builds up. It kind of burns the tongue a little bit and the back of the throat, and then it comes back down slowly. If you drink it and you let it dwell on the side of your tongue, you can get that sherry flavor. Yeah. You can get that Twizzler flavor that I usually talk about. Yes. You can get that a bit. That's a good point. And, and it is it is pretty drying on the end, too. Yeah. Definitely drying on the end. A little bit chalky, chalky almost. Um, there's a tad bit of a dark chocolate to it. I'm trying to think. Do I get... I, I get... Bittersweet? Maybe a little licorice. Well, that's what I mean by that Twizzler. But not oh, black like licorice. Okay. Not black licorice. More like sherry licorice. Yeah, I get a little licorice on it. Yeah. Which, to me, anise and licorice tastes pretty close. <laughs> Just with you guys saying licorice, all I can think of myself, yeah, I'd licorice. <laughs> <laughs> I do get a little bit of like a woody... <laughs> say, say, now, now you're laughing. <laughs> I get a little bit of a woody characteristic as well, oh, but okay. I wouldn't talking about woodies. I wouldn't say it's like cedar. <laughs> Mike's going in now. Like I was saying on the nose, but at any rate, that's all I have on that one. It's good. Time to move to B. It's it's uh, it tastes like a very serious beer. It's definitely a big big beer. You can taste alcohol, and and I give it to you. Yeah, you kind of said good. that it, what used to be hops. I want to say it tastes like what used to be alcohol. Like the alcohol is, it's there, but it's not as bold as it once was. It's like an old Superman. I don't know, this tastes like 12% to me. 
That's strong. I'm not it's saying strong. Twelve percent is always going to be twelve percent, but the flavor of it dies down. You know what I mean? Like it, I don't it, know. It I feel like I feel like I can really taste that alcohol. That's How about you, Mike? Can you really taste alcohol? In not that? too much. No. no, no, I do. It's not really strong. I mean, it, it is, but like I'm saying, it's, you can tell there's I, weight there. It, yeah, but. time has touched it. I can tell time has touched the alcohol. All right. Well, let's move to let's think about that one. Uh, move along to B. Uh, B is kind of reddish brown in coloration, very hazy, almost amber. Yeah. Um, really, not much on the nose. I'm surprised about that. That you know what it is. Appley uh, fruit roll up. Ooh, cinnamon. A touch of strawberry. Am I smelling? Cinnamon? I'm just making stuff up. I don't think I can smell cinnamon. I can't. What is that? That isn't cinnamon. I get like a, like a strawberry fruit roll-up uh, because fruit uh, roll-ups have a lot of apple juice in them really? and I get a lot of apple quality on that, like, like apple juice yeah, quality with I'm a little bit of strawberry. Juice. That's mainly all I get. I can see the apple fruit roll-up. This is also one that kind of smells to me like it's probably died down hops. Fruit leathers, as fruit as people leather. who shop at things like Trader Joe's would say, not it's like the more trendy versions of a fruit roll up. Damn, fruit it's leather. Different. I don't know what that is. A little raisiny. There's a raisiny character on there, for sure. I don't smell a ton of alcohol though. Don't get any sting in the nostrils. A lot of apple. A lot of apple. Definitely taste a bit of apple. The body is super thin. Yeah. Like crazy thin. But then again, maybe that's partially because the body on A was pretty substantial. And now we're going to this. Mm. It kind of tastes like... Old American strong, though. To me, it tastes like an apple strawberry fruit roll. Like I was saying on the nose. I feel like the nose and the flavor are very close. Um... There's like a odd kind of sweetness on the end of it, and it definitely tastes like it used to be kind of hoppy. It's like an old barley wine or American strong ale. I'm kind of leaning towards American strong ale. Uh, yeah, you're just leaning towards those two because you know my taste profile, and it's more <laughs> than likely in my cellar. No, I mean, that's not fair. If it's a, if it was, yeah. Did you say American-style barley wine? Yeah. Yeah, because it'd be hoppier. Yeah, it would definitely be hoppier, but obviously it's been touched by some age. Yeah. been touched by the hand of time. Now, also, when we do our rings, I want to know how old you guys think each one of those beers are. That's not even possible. I just think it's not like it's a right long answer. Like, I'm going to be like, oh my God, you failed. That's fine. I just want a general ballpark. I don't think John Palmer or Ray Daniels was saying, oh yeah, this is born on November 29th, 1984. I didn't ask for an exact date here come on now i don't even know the exact dates it's a significantly more delicate flavor than i thought i was gonna get on a beer that would be aged like this um i get a little bit of a of an abv to it when i just let my mouth stay dry Uh, i'm not taking extra sips but um when i'm actually tasting it i'm really not tasting much alcohol to it which is probably dangerous in my uh estimation so, okay, 
Let's let's move to the ratings. I'll go last, seeing how I know yeah, what's going on. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. All right, so A, I gotta go back, take one more sip. That's a big, big beer. It's pretty good. I like that. I'm a, yeah, I'm a fan of that. That's pretty solid. I don't think it's like phenomenal. I like it. It's not phenomenal. I go five. I'll follow you on it. Okay. Mike. Damn it. That's kind of where I was leaning <laughs> to, but I want to follow both of you. Hey, go with your heart. Okay, five overall. I've called it for you. That's fine. All right, so B. Let's figure B out here. I'm going to go higher on this one, guys. Ah, see, I didn't like I didn't like B as much. I really like it. But then I guess my it's palate was totally different. Yeah. yeah, I like it. Like, it's you know. so different. I'm really probably going to throw you guys off on this one. Seven? I really like okay. it. I can drink this all day. I got to go a four. So I like beer. it, See, that's, but I like it a little less. That's where I am. I'm right there with you. It's like it's a good beer. I'm enjoying drinking it. But compared to A, like if I just had B, I might be able to rate B as a five. But when I'm having A and B next to each other, I'm like, mm, I really like A so much and, better. And that I got to give that a five. But you know what? B's not bad. It's just not quite on A standards. Well, like once again, like I said, you know, between the two, what can I pair with a meal? I really can pair so many things with B. I can see B being a better I, I can definitely food. sit yeah. at a dinner table and eat something with B. And it gives it extra points I, off the rip. I can you know see what I mean? These are, these are things that I look at. And, you know, can I compare, can I pair a porter steak with uh, A? Yes. But that's like you, one of the only things. Any, like, heavy red meat roast exactly, steak with my A. Point. That's, yeah, that's like. But yeah. I can pair an abundance of things with per, this. Much you know what I mean? Like, I, there's so yeah. many things I can pair. Yeah. And, and as I said in a Hell, you couple shows ago, a salad. I really am looking for beers that can pair with food well. You know, I understand and, that. And I definitely think that B would yeah. be much easier to cook. Yeah. Now let's talk vintage. A myriad of food. Yeah, let's definitely go with a couple of my options. Option A, how old do you think it is? Right. Uh, I'm going to go six years. On A? Option A. I guess six. Three years. Right, option B. Option B. Oh, God, let me take a sip. Three. No, four. Four on that one. Four or five. You're wrong on both. You nailed A on the head. And by that, I mean Carlin got both wrong. Josh got A right on it. It's three years old, 2013. So A's three. How old's B? Uh, that would be eight. Eight? Eight years. Should have went higher. Should have went higher. Well, the, the, the good thing, the cool thing about it is uh, things evened out, so they, they tied. They're both overall five nice. ratings. So. Which I think is pretty fitting because they're very different, you know? I like them. Well, which one do we want first? I'll just go A. Well, you guys like A more than That's fine. I did, so it's Can I get a fair. Whoop, whoop? Pretty fair. All right, so A overall five Can I get is... a whoop, whoop? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah! It's the, uh... Is that the pecan? Uh-huh. Yes, yeah. sir! A is the stone-farking Wheaton Woot Stout... By Stone yeah, Brewing, that's can I get a whoop, whoop. with Drew Curtis and Will Wheaton? It is ale brewed with pecans, wheat, and rye with quarter aged in bourbon barrels. I would like to say that I just had that 2016 of that version, and because they just released it not too long, and ago. I feel like that beer didn't even need age. 
Like it was yeah. so it's cool. Nice oh my god, it is. It's it's wonderful. Yeah. But oh my so god, so it's a it's three years old now. It's thirteen percent alcohol, which you got to remember. I said twelve percent is what pretty I close, pretty that. close. So I was not far off. Um, all right, but you nailed it, Josh, on the age. Good job. That's awesome. All right, well let's uh, let's reveal B. Sorry, I don't have same. a fun sound effect for this one. That's fine. B, same rating overall, five, and apparently there's still more in here, is... Uh, Killer Penguin! Oh my god, I should have known it! I should have known that! Killer Penguin Barley Wine by... Boulder. Boulder Beer Company. I haven't had much of their stuff, to be eight honest. Eight years. There's what, eight. 2008. You know what's crazy? Uh, eight oh, years on it? Let, let me find I gotta it. say what's crazy. Is it ABV on this? Uh, what's really ten. crazy ten, is ten, ten, that ten. I just brought this beer home from Portland, right? And I found it to be one of the most repulsive beers in the world. Eight years <laughs> later, I said, this thing is phenomenal. Oh, my God. That is, that's how funny beer is. Is it fruitier now? I, I do find it yeah. fruity, yes. It's just, it was just, it's just a very strong beer. You know, I didn't, it's a little obnoxious, young. And it's quite obnoxious. And my wife said, <laughs> don't drink that beer. Save it. And I said, watch this. Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then you regretted it. And I, and now, now, now I especially now. regret it. And, and I won't tell her that. It's great too because when he was in Oregon, he's going to bring me back like a nice bottle of beer. I can't get any text. He's like, "Hey, can you get Boulder Killer Penguin in Maryland?" I'm like, "Well, we used to be able to. I don't really know if we can anymore or not. But I got a 2008 bottle in my basement right now." And that goes completely. He completely, and I knew he completely had forgotten about it by the well, time well, I brought it to the show well, at this point. Well, he's happy because I brought him a fresh IPA yeah, from Portland. Well, the Woodstaff's my favorite of this episode. I'll agree with you on that. I'm going with good. this killer penguin. I'm sticking it's, to it's it. It's all good. I'm sticking with There's still more there if you wanted that to. That was really good. All right, awesome. Well, uh, I think this wraps it up because, uh, as Damn, you cool. would think, you stop with the high ABV beers. Oh, you don't want to continue after that. <laughs> Otherwise, no. Carlin's going to have two people crashing on his couch. Yeah, exactly. No, i gotta, I got to operate a kidnap van. No. I don't know what that means. But <laughs> he drives a kidnap van. And I don't want to find It's one of those out. windowless vans that it's like you see somebody <laughs> driving, you're like, oh, please tell me he's not going to your schoolyard. <laughs> or handing uh, ice cream out of the side of it. <laughs> Well, Josh, thanks for coming on. Hey, thank you so much. A lot of fun, Mike, as usual. Always thanks. a pleasure. Uh, you guys are both welcome back, so let me know in the future. I still get surprised every time I hear that. <laughs> well, you got to work a little harder to not be invited back, I guess. But, uh, no, and we're also, not belligerent. <laughs> yeah. And also, thank you, Mike, for providing these oh, beers for my this episode. Pleasure. Awesome. You always awesome. provide the beers on the episodes. Yeah. It's always nice for me to bring a little something-something. All right. Well, uh... Thank you, everyone, for checking this out. And everyone, p- please remember, Mike, I was pointing to you. So, keep it brutal. Keep it brutal. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I was drinking my beer and I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> This has been a Nerd Circle podcast production.